Okay, hit it. Hey everyone, I'm Alex. I'm here with my husband Shane. Lucy is in bed, and I'm so happy you could join us for happy hour for This Family Tree Podcast, episode 11. And now it really is happy hour because (laughs) we are drinking alcohol right now. (laughs) Yes, we are. And I'm sure many people know why. Yes. But uh, which leads me to my question about the go- for editing this. Do I mm-hmm. keep the kind of funny jazz music off the top, or is that it is it is pretty happy music? But we're gonna have to test it and see what works. We'll see if it sounds too goofy uh, regarding the subject matter. Mm-hmm. But I don't see right now without hearing it. I don't see why. We can't have a little levity. Okay. In that sense. So if you hear the music, that's why. (laughs) Um, But yeah, for the people who don't know. Okay. Uh, So right off the top, uh, I experienced my first and hopefully only miscarriage this week. Um, On Wednesday night, so I'm about six weeks pregnant. I was about six weeks pregnant. Shane on Wednesday night uh, had a dinner in Toronto so it was just Lucy and I at home Uh, and I was I was having the worst day as it was Uh, I didn't sleep much at all the night before it was a hard day at school um, when I was working coming home I stopped to get gas and I ended up locking myself out of my car and I had to wait 45 minutes for CAA to come and help me out get home um and when I was getting changed into my more comfortable clothes, I noticed that there was spotting. Uh, and he, like I started freaking out a little bit, but I, my mind didn't immediately go to miscarriage because I know that spotting in pregnancy is incredibly common. Uh, so I just started calling two girlfriends of mine who have been open with their early pregnancies and their subsequent miscarriages. Uh, and I was just asking them how much spotting was normal, what did they experience, because I know both had also spotted with their successful pregnancies. Uh, and then they were kind of talking me through it. They just told me to rest and hang out. So, like, I'm playing with Lucy, right? But in my head, I'm freaking out the whole time. I finally put her to bed, and I'm, I'm just sitting on the couch. And then I, I get in touch with my one friend. And she said, okay, the second that it turns into, like, bleeding where there's actual flow... And if you're seeing um, clots, because at that point I hadn't seen any clots, uh, she said that's when you need to call your doctor or go to the hospital or something. Ten minutes after I hung up the phone, I started bleeding and seeing clots. And then, like, you, the hard thing was that you weren't even home. Mm-hmm. So that was so, so shitty because I'm freaking out. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm like, should I go to the hospital now? I'm home with Lucy, home alone with her. I can't leave. And it was bad. So then the entire night, I didn't didn't sleep at all. Uh, And I just spent the whole night looking stuff up. I called telehealth. I called you at 5 a.m. hyperventilating. Mm -hmm. Because I slept in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is uh, it was my friend's birthday. So I had uh, I had originally planned to come home that night. Well, you had a work dinner. And I, then- had a, I had a work event, and I was supposed to go to the work event, kind of cut out a little early, and then come home. Yeah. Uh, I, if I did that, I would make it home around 10 or 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. But my very close friend 
told me it was his birthday that day, or I had found out rather it was his birthday that day, meaning I had to actually celebrate his birthday after the work event, or I, or I chose to to be like a mm. good friend. And uh, when I do things like that, rather than come home at 1 or 2 a.m. Yeah. to Hamilton, I sleep in Toronto at a friend's house who has a spare room. And that way, instead of, you know, getting three and a half hours sleep, I just sleep in Toronto and get to work. That's why you called me at 5 yeah. a.m. And, uh, yeah, because at that point, I had been up all night. So I was nervous about what was going on. I was nervous about not sleeping for the second night in a row. Um, and... I, I was starting to have a panic attack and I, I think I've only had like one or two panic attacks in my life before this. Uh, but I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I felt like I was going to pass out and I couldn't stop hyperventilating. Like I couldn't slow down my breath. Um, and telehealth told me to go to the emergency within four hours of me calling them. Uh, I didn't. I, I was thinking maybe I could work the next day. I was still thinking that maybe it could just be spotting. I wasn't sure. Uh, so it was a really hard night because I went from like bawling my eyes out in the fetal position on a bed alone, mm -hmm. trying to calm myself down. Like I was trying to do yoga poses to calm myself down, but it wasn't working to literally like, you know, that was at 6 a.m. And then at 6.30, I'm singing... Mr. Golden Sun to Lucy and feeding her breakfast and smiling like with tears in my eyes and that was like probably the worst 12 hours of my life ever like the worst I already don't like being alone mm -hmm. and then experiencing like the loss of a baby that I was really excited for alone and not knowing even if it was a loss right away and all that fear and like anxiety that comes with that. Um, that was just like, I think the hardest and the darkest thing that I've ever experienced. That was awful. So I still wasn't sure what was going on. So I, I went to work uh, and then I used to wash them at work right before teaching my class. And then I really started seeing heavy, heavy clotting. Um, so I was like, shit, like, <laughs> what do I do? I have, to, I have to teach in five minutes. So I went to my class thinking that maybe I could get through and just leave at lunchtime to go to the hospital. And like, I couldn't even get through a sentence. Mm -hmm. I was so choked up. I was so devastated. Um, so I ended up getting coverage to my classroom. Uh, and, and then I went straight to the ER, which is where you met me. But um, that, that was really difficult. The one... I think if you can call it a beautiful moment that happened that day, right before I went to class, I saw um, a, a woman I work with, a friend of mine, and she came over to me and, and hugged me and said, congratulations on your pregnancy Ooh. right after I got out of the bathroom. It's tricky timing. Yeah. And uh, I just started bawling. And I, I shook my head. I didn't know what to say. And she said, oh, my God, what happened? And I said, just now, right now, I'm, I think I'm miscarrying. Like, I'm pretty positive I'm miscarrying now. And uh, she was, like, she's a very nice person. Uh, and right immediately said, look, this happened to me last year at work. She's also a teacher. And that immediate connection gave me a lot of comfort. And she said, look, you got to you gotta go. You got to go to the hospital. So that kind of made me feel more resolute in what I needed to do. But, yeah, it's been 
it's been a shitty 72 hours mm-hmm. now. Is it weird that I thought you were going to break into the Bare Naked Ladies song for one second there? It's I honest, been I honestly shame. thought, I swear I thought you were trying to break the mood by going, it's been. Like I thought you said it's been and then caught yourself and was like, it's been one week. No, but the folks listening, uh, Shane's ability to make me laugh every time he talks has been incredibly helpful <laughs> through well, through all of this. For me, it's uh, I am an incredibly emotional person. Some people don't know it. Maybe I think a lot of people do by now because I've been publicly so emotional for over so many things on my other podcasts that I'm like probably the I've cried the more <laughs> publicly than anyone I know. Um, but uh, that's how I cope with things initially. It's just through joking with you because I don't know how to function otherwise. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I'll just break down and I feel like I'll, I'll make it worse. Yeah. So well, that's what I, w- I was joking a lot with you in the hospital. I know. And thank God you were because honestly, I mean, that's something I, I rely on you for, I think, is bring that positivity just in normal everyday situations so Mm. then if you met me in the hospital and you weren't not that you weren't emotional because I I know you were like the second you got there it was a very emotional Mm -hmm. reconnection that we had yeah because it was the first time we had seen each other since uh I first called you saying what was happening but the fact that you were still like pulling through to be not not happy necessarily just just funny mm-hmm. was really helpful to me because it was, it was like the one thing in my life that I felt like I could rely on or I felt that was normal because like honestly everything was upside down right everything was upside mm-hmm. down so thank you <laughs> for because I know that must have been hard to do to be funny and I I, mm-hmm. I thank you because honestly that just it kind of kept my head on my shoulders and it made it not easier but it made everything more palatable no it's it's not hard for me to be funny (laughs) what's hard is for me to face it head on and that's why you try to be funny right so it's very easy to be funny for me because then I don't have to um think about how hard it is Mm -hmm. and I was also telling my friend the day after once he heard the news he was like oh I'm so devastated and heartbroken for you and a lot of people were sending me like awesome messages mm-hmm. yeah. like that. And I was just like in a weird way. And I know this is an extremely odd thing to say, but I'm almost relieved because now I don't have to worry about you having a miscarriage anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, and I don't mean to be funny by that, but after ha- having Lou, it was the entire nine months. I know. It was nonstop pedal to I the know. metal stress. So now it's like, oh, the worst thing that could happen already happened. I don't have to worry about that right now. So I forgot because with Lucy, pregnancy was so hard because everything Mm -hmm. is exacerbated by the fact that I have lupus and all of that. So you have the same fears, the same anxieties as you would, as any woman would having a baby and being pregnant. You love that and you you don't want anything to happen. You want to carry it to term. Um, But then with Lucy, we had so many extra worries and extra fears um and it's not like those fears went away after the first three months when it was safe to announce all the way through because of the lupus like lucy 
um, was at risk of heart problems because of antibodies that were going mm-hmm. through my placenta, like everything like that. All, We've the, talked about this before, months. but it was called coarctation of the aorta. And she yeah. was she was going to need to have surgery the second she was born. She was also, we were told she was going to be four pounds in weight. Again, yeah. we've gone over this before, but now here's here's the thing because I think that and from speaking with other women and now having experienced a miscarriage and knowing that my body is capable of miscarrying, which every but every person is capable of having a miscarriage because not anything to do with you and your mm-hmm. body. It has to do, you know, there was likely an issue with the egg or the implantation or something, and it's like your mm-hmm. body's way of saying, okay, not this time this isn't the time for you. Like the time for you is maybe next time. Yeah. But knowing this could happen and now experiencing this, do you think that you're going to be thinking about that more next time we get pregnant? Like, do you think it's going to be harder or easier? Cause I, I'm telling you with Lucy, I was obsessed with miscarriage rates. I check every single day, like, okay, what's the percentage six weeks and three days that I'm going to miscarry. And it was like a sick, very mm-hmm. sick habit. And now that I've experienced a miscarriage, because I wasn't even looking up the rates this time because I just felt confident. Yeah. And it's just like these things happen and they're very common, but it's not going to happen to me. But I wasn't even checking them. So do you think next pregnancy, do you think having gone through this, it's going to affect you? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think it's like when we went to uh, Jamaica, it was a state of emergency because there had mm-hmm. been a series of, of attacks there. And although this isn't the same thing, I, I told you, well, it's the safest time to go to Jamaica right now because they have higher security. Because once something happens, it's less likely to happen again. Again, I don't think this is the case with miscarriages. I think it's probably equally as likely, like a roulette wheel. It, it knows no past or no future. But I do find when I used to play roulette a lot, <laughs> if something uh, happened once... Like, let's say it went on red, just to simplify it. I found the next time it was more likely to go on black, at least in my mind. Yeah. You know, and and in these things, that's all we're talking about is your mind and your mental state. So for me, since it's already happened, I'm like, what would be the odds of it happening again? And I know a lot of women are like, I've had four in a row. So that's not actually accurate. Yeah. But I just, I just, that's just the way I think. And whether it's right or wrong, it helps me function. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, and and that's the thing. Whatever works. And God, like, because I already know I'm going to be worried about it. So if you can, if you mm-hmm. can be confident in it, I think uh, that's going to help the two of yeah. us in general. Like, I don't think hyper intelligence helps you out in situations like yeah. this. Like my and just knowing all the information. Like yeah, that, my yeah. lack thereof helps me get through things a lot with my kind of bullshit theories and whatnot. But so. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Do you think we should start with the call? I have. Um, should we start with the calls? We've got quite a few. Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've got uh, we've got like seven calls. So let's yeah. get to it. Okay. And is, are these all going to be miscarriage calls? I think so. I do think that the bulk of the episode is going to be miscarriage based because there was a, like a resounding what. An influx of interest yeah. in the uh, your account and podcast because of this. But yeah. So, and, you know, it was shocking. And I, I already know that so many people don't talk about miscarriages and early pregnancy for the same reasons we spoke about last podcast. Um, but 
through me sharing this i've had so many people share their stories that i that i know from online or don't know from online um and friends and family that i've had you know my whole life Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people want to chime in on this so the bulk of the calls will be uh, about miscarriage but a few of them aren't and we're gonna slip in some funny ones well we'll see (laughs) (laughs) that would make me feel good but uh yeah okay let's jump to that Hello. Hi, Rahats. Yes. This is Alexandra and Shane from this family tree. Thank you for taking our call. Hey, how are you? <laughs> We're very good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for calling. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> We're so happy uh, that you're able to. Do you have a question, a story, or an experience for us tonight? Um. I have four children. Uh, my oldest twins. They are sixteen. Oh wow. And um. My daughter is 13, and then I have a daughter, uh, almost loose age. Uh, she's, she turned 18 months. Uh, but I have had similar experiences, losing a pregnancy four times oh my after my 13-year-old. So oh my I, ha- I had always wanted a bigger family. And um, um, after my daughter, which was the third one, my second pregnancy, um, I got pregnant and... Um, I didn't carry it after the first trimester, and every time it was so silent. Uh, I got attached with the baby, and I went to the doctor. They couldn't find the heartbeat. Oh. And every time the doctor told me it was blighted ovum, sometimes it was molar pregnancy, and I gave up hope. So I was like, you know, this is this is what God's plan is, maybe, and that's it. Three kids, maybe. But then we tried again two years ago, and I got pregnant. I had a strong feeling from day one that, yes, I have conceived and I went to the gynae and she looked at me, she checked me everything and she said, no, I don't think you are pregnant. And I told her, no, I think I am. I have this strong feeling that yes, I am. And she she took some blood work and everything. And I still remember it was my daughter's 11th birthday and I took her to the mall and um, the doctor, the same doctor called me and she was like, you were right, you're pregnant. <laughs> and I was so happy that was back in 2017 uh i was so happy but this was an interesting pregnancy because i lost one and i had one it was a yeah. twin pregnancy and i oh, had wow. like a, a vanishing twin syndrome where i passed out one and one remained i got sad for the other one but i am so happy that i have myra with me yeah. my little one she's my angel but I know I have gone through those times and they're devastating. It's heartbroken, especially for a woman. Uh, Sometimes it's as hard on a husband also. But because we are women, we maybe we get attached more Mm -hmm. physically and mentally. So it's harder on the mother. I I think I think I might be wrong. It's it's like what you said, right? Like you you knew you were pregnant even when your doctor didn't necessarily think you were so like as women Mm -hmm. we we feel the changes in our body like if you're looking for it like the second we conceive and our husbands Mm -hmm. only or our partners only know these things because of what we tell them so like shane do you know i could tell you were pregnant i knew just to correct alex i knew alex was pregnant before she was because her cheeks went very flush and i give her this little test where Mm -hmm. i push her arms 
And I can tell she just, her body density feels different. Well, you said the same thing with Lucy too. And you yeah. knew I was pregnant before I did. Even though so. your pregnancy tests were telling mm-hmm. you you weren't pregnant, I said, I think you are pregnant. I can tell by mm-hmm. like a multiple things going on. Oh, wow. But what I think is wow. worse for uh, the women is, even if let's say on an emotional level, it was the same. I think that added physical reminder yeah. makes it so much Like of worse. seeing it. Right, because after I kind of get yeah. over it, I'm like, okay, I, I can, I've mentally gone through this. But then even if you do go through mm-hmm. that, you have all these spots and things coming out in the bathtub. And I don't even know what goes right. into it. But just from what you've told me, it sounds... Yeah, well, and honestly, I was feeling really good this morning. And like Shane, I had a super mm-hmm. nice day um, because the bleeding kind of stopped. And then mm-hmm. like uh, like an hour ago, it started up again. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not feeling as good as yeah. I was earlier. And it is it is hard. It is so hard. Was it very early? Like, um, yeah. I'm sorry if I'm asking. No, no, I'm not sorry. at all. Yeah, no, it was uh, six weeks. Yeah. So it, it was early. Um, oh. But, you know, it's just like when you're when you're looking forward to it and you're you just want that so bad it's like it it doesn't it doesn't matter <laughs> in a sense like i think physically I, it matters because it takes yeah. so much less I've time i've been there yeah yes i've been there i know and uh, uh one of the pregnancies i cannot forget is when i actually heard the baby's heartbeat oh man and i still can't get over it and that's like 8 years ago that was the only time in my four miscarriages that i actually heard the baby's heartbeat and uh, I still cannot get over it I can still you know sometimes if I think about it I can still hear it mm-hmm. I can still hear the heart pounding so I cannot get over it but when I look at this little one she just she's magic to me she makes me forget everything all the pains and the sufferings I went through I I'm just happy now I I'm thankful I'm thankful mm-hmm. I'm grateful because if 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 it is it wasn't for her, I would have been still in grief that I had like four miscarriages and yeah. none of them, you know, ended. But she is a stop to that. So that's so you know what that's and so I beautiful. Hope you get over it too. Yes, it is. And yeah, you, and I'm gonna pray for you too. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and I, I really appreciate hearing your story. And I know other listeners will as well because you you can just tell from how you talk about her and how you talk about everything. Just the bravery yeah. that it takes to, you know, go through other pregnancies and then go through a miscarriage and come out of that darkness and try again. So thank you so much it's, for sharing with us tonight. And um, no yeah, we, we really appreciate no it. Problem. Thank you so much for calling me. And I love Lucy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you. Have a wonderful weekend, hot. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Alex. Hello. Hi, Renee. Hi, how are you? Very good. How are you tonight? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can, yes. Thank you so much for taking our call. Oh, awesome. I'm happy to talk to you guys tonight. Absolutely. What do you have to share? Well, I have a few questions Mm -hmm. for you. Um, I... Right now, I I know that you're breastfeeding, Lou. Yep. Um, But... Um, I'm just trying to transition my son right now to like homogenized milk, um, as far as like sippy cups go. So I'm just wondering, uh, have you introduced that with Lou yet? And did she 
do you okay with that at all? Or are you purely breastfeeding and not doing anything else? No, I am uh, breastfeeding still because I'm at work. So I breastfeed uh, first thing in the morning, then again mm-hmm. at around 3 or 3.30 when I'm home, and then before bed during the weekdays. Okay. However, on weekends, it's like it's pretty much on demand. I haven't gotten out of that. Um, I'm actually just trying to find right now on my Instagram because I did a, a post about milk. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably before because my son's just turning 12 months now. So I feel like when Lou went through that, I probably wasn't superly paying attention to that maybe because I'm sure you've talked about it before. Well, I know I know it would have been when I went to work. um, So around 13 months because I was, you know, wanting her to have something during the day and I don't pump. I've tried to pump, but I never actually stuck to it. Um, I did like really, really intensive research on what milk, uh, could provide the best nutrients and everything to her. Cause I still need a really high fat content. So okay. nothing really is as good as homogenized milk. And a lot of doctors told me that too. I even had one, um, pediatrician say, look, the only reason you wouldn't feed your kid like homogenized cow milk is if your kid's allergic to it or you're just trying to be cool, which is a big assumption, but um, they were just trying to get across the point that homogenized milk is the best. We just went right for it. Did she seem to like it right away? Because my son just refuses it. Yeah, she didn't like it. She didn't, she doesn't like anything except for breast milk right away. So uh, Okay, so then how did you kind of get her into that? I just kept offering it. Every day, just kept offering it. Um, And then she just one day said, okay, yeah, I'm thirsty. And I need I need to drink, to drink this, and she went for it. Um, so now when I'm gone, though, I still hit or miss. Like she'll have a little bit every day, but okay. whether or not she'll drink the entire bottle is up to her. I, it's I don't know. Like she she's very well hydrated. She drinks water throughout uh, throughout the day, but right. your your kid will just start realizing they need it if they're not going to get it from you, and they'll they'll start taking it from the bottle. But it just, it honestly takes time, but just don't stop offering it. It's like with anything food that they don't like, just keep offering it because it takes about 10 times. Like I think it was like nine times and above to actually get your kid to even begin to like a new food. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, I've been struggling with that because he's almost 12, he's 12 months this week. And so I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to make that transition to, to sippy cups and everything. And he's like, I'm constantly like giving it to him, but he likes to drink his water out of a straw cup. And he, every time I give him the milk, he just refuses it. So I was a little bit worried that that was a straw cup. (laughs) He'll drink the water out of a straw cup, but but he still won't drink the milk out Mm. of it. No. Well, good luck. I just had to keep offering it. And that's, that's your best way I think to get results. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other, I have two more. Yeah. Um, the One of the things is with daycare. So my son has just done his transition at daycare and I start work on Tuesday. And um, I wanted to know if Lou had any changes um, in uh, just like maybe being harder to put down or needier once you started going back to work. Uh, not harder to put down. She's easier okay. to put down at night actually because um, – 
daycare was just giving her one nap a day, which we've now adopted in our schedule. Um, okay. But no, she she's like exhausted by bedtime, but definitely needier. Like when I pick her up, she's she's not letting me go until bedtime. And how about on the weekends? Like when you go to put her down for a nap and stuff, do you think that affects no. Because she just wants to be around you. No, no. she's yeah, she she's was able good. to transition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, she's, but she's it, good. I think that was just like a stressor for me that that like he's done so well up to this point that yeah, I'm know, I afraid worry. to go back to work. And honestly, like, okay. even if he's thrown off for a few days, it all balances out. Like Lucy wasn't sleeping at daycare for the first couple of weeks, and now she is because she just you know they just take time when things are thrown off. They really respond negatively a lot of times to a change in their routine. But okay. they they always adjust. Like babies are amazing in that they can adjust so well. That's awesome. And sorry to hear um, about the end of your mat leave. <laughs> I know. It's it's like it's really hard. I'm a teacher too and yeah. I was in class today for like four hours trying to put things together and it's a little bit bittersweet. I'm excited to go back, but I'm also really anxious about not spending my time with them. So It'll be okay, but <laughs> I'm oh, trying to keep you. telling myself that. <laughs> yeah, you'll be good. Um, and then I'm the Wonder Week app. I am on it, but how I know like a lot of the time when you're in the middle of your podcast, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to check this out. And yeah, we're in it right now in this week. How do you keep track of what week you're in? Because I feel like you. every time. Hold on. I it doesn't tell me on mine. Did and you put I in, don't know what I'm doing wrong. Did you put in when your kid is was born? <laughs> I thought I did that at the beginning, but I, I can't figure out the app very well. Okay, so if you like I just pulled it up, it gets to my main page and I just press leap chart, which is on the very top of your main page. And then it brings me right down to where we are and there's a big green dot. It says we're on week seventy four and we just passed a uh, stormy period. So you know what I will do? I will post to my Instagram stories um, okay. what it should look like. kind of, yeah. okay, yeah. sorry. I'll do the steps. No, that's, <laughs> But I'm like, every time I go into it, I'm recounting from the beginning. And when you're that doing sucks. that so fast, I'm like, there's got to be something I'm missing with this yeah. app. <laughs> you know, it, it okay. sucks. The app sucks, but I love it so much. <laughs> but it's like, it's the least user-friendly app in the world, but uh, it just has so much great information. It that does, It is helpful. Yeah. It's just that, yeah, I, I wish that I didn't have to keep going back. So now that I know that I don't have to, then I'll be looking forward to that uh, 100%. Instagram story. And I can guarantee you're, you're not alone with that, but thank okay. you. <laughs> thank you so much for calling in with that very useful uh, question there. And uh, we oh, will be awesome. putting that on the Instagram stories today and tomorrow. Thank you. No problem. Have All a great right, night. Great. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. Gracie, thanks for calling us back. This is Alex and Shane yeah, from this family tree. Yeah, I don't tree. know what happened. <laughs> no worries at all. No worries at all. What is your uh, story, question, advice to share with us tonight? Okay, so um, kind of a story, but um, we actually – so we have like the exact same period cycles, which was really interesting because you made a post about um, how you were in the window, like where you had ovulated and started trying. And right. Like when it's too soon, take a pregnancy test type thing. And it was like monumental to me because I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I'm not weird for being so anxious. <laughs> Anytime I had like a breakout or anything, I was like, oh. 
it's happened. But yes. um, so yeah, and then we actually um, both found out we were pregnant within 24 hours. Well, because I think well, I think you like, messaged me, and then we only yes. know each other from Instagram. But you had messaged me saying that you got a, a positive on your pregnancy test. And yes. then the following day, I was like, I did too. Like, we're, we're definitely in the same boat. This is so exciting. Yes. Yeah. And then um, on the 7th of this month, um, the day before my birthday, I actually started miscarrying. Oh, um, my goodness. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. And it was just, I was honestly like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, the whole time, um, you were so heavy on my heart. And I was oh. like, I need to be praying for her. And I didn't really, like, know, like, what, like, vibes I was sending you. But it was like... And then I saw your post and it was like, you are kidding me. Like it was the most insane thing um, probably I've ever witnessed. Like for us to be like so on the same page right now is insane. That, you know what, when I was looking back, um, when you had told me that you miscarried as well, um, you know, my, my initial reaction obviously too was just like I I don't want you know it what I'm going through I obviously so many people have gone through but I I hate to hear because I I hate to hear that other people are are feeling that sad and feeling that loss yeah but then after I got over that I was looking back at all of our prior messages like you saying oh my god I'm in the two-week wait window too oh my god I'm pregnant too and then I was my mind was blown and it it is so insane and because there's the whole thing about like talking about these things, right? And I mean, I've been getting it so much in the past couple of days where it's just the whole sense of community helping you to not feel alone anymore. But then it's like you yeah. and I have this really weird uh, menstruation connection right now. Yeah. Where we're like so, so not alone in that. Um, and I think yeah. that's the same for anybody. There's going to be people who are going through the exact same thing as you at the exact same time. But if you don't put it out there, then you're never going to find them. Yeah. And I think there's like this weird stigma with talking about where you're at. Mm-hmm. And like, I know for me personally, like we already took our announcement pictures and stuff because we were actually in Disney World when we found out we were pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I finally decided to just post them because like we were happy. You know what I mean? Like we're sad now, but that was a moment I don't want to forget. And I don't want to feel... Um, scared to post again when we find out that we're pregnant like right away because and that's what creates like this stigma like oh you shouldn't say anything till you're 20 weeks along it's like no I'm excited now yeah and I want to share that now like that's the realness of motherhood highs and lows you know what I mean absolutely and then when you're upset I mean you need those people around you to be upset with yeah and I think because I've been doing a lot of thinking about this the past couple days and I, I you know when I get pregnant again I mean I'm told everybody I'm going to share every step of the journey and I'm going to announce yeah. it early again because like I said the first time it's a huge part of life for Shane and I and it would be so impossible yeah. not to talk about it, especially running a motherhood account and it's like even with yeah. our friends and family we're just so happy and we're glowing we want other people to share in our happiness and yeah well and that's like we accidentally told all of our family <laughs> accidentally. And because like all, like all of our so at disney world they have like the magic bands and all of our apps are connected mm. and so they have like professional photographers and they take the pictures and it goes oh. on the app and so everybody saw the pictures and i was like oh yeah surprise that, that's a that's a fun way to do it actually i like it yeah and but the same was is I immediately like when we started miscarrying, I just kept apologizing to everyone. Yeah. And I was so confused. Like I've I've always faced every moment in life. Like that's how I handle things. And it was so weird to be forced 
to have people there for me. This is our third miscarriage. Um, And all the other ones nobody knew about. And so this is like my first one to feel like community through this. And I'm like actually being able to mourn and handle it in a healthy way. And so I think it's important, like women know, like share every step, you know, it's it's important. I know. Absolutely. And you know, so two of my friends had talked openly about their miscarriages and that's how, like when I first started seeing the spotting, I called them right away because I knew I could. But now that I've yeah. talked about it, so many more people have come out with stories about miscarriage. And it's yes. just like, you know, thank God those two friends had said something because then I had people to turn to and ask questions to. Yeah. Because so yeah. many people now, I mean, are only telling me now, which which makes sense. And this is what I've been thinking a lot about. It's like, it's kind of, it's embarrassing to mm-hmm. say people okay, well, we lost it. It can be embarrassing. And then to think, all right, well, we're going to announce the pregnancy soon next time. And then I almost felt, because I was thinking about it, I was like, am I going to be inconveniencing people? And they're going to feel inconvenienced to wish me congratulations next time I get pregnant. And then, you know, wish me me better luck next time if I lose it again. And it's like, yeah, and I'm going to swear, but like, fuck their inconvenience because this is the life that you're living. And if they truly care about you, yes. they're going to want to share in your feelings. So you shouldn't worry about oh, yeah. inconveniencing somebody for one minute when that is going to be the only thing on your mind for as long as it takes you yeah. and to like, heal. I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but I'm – this is like kind of – it's on topic but kind of off topic. But I keep forgetting that I've miscarried yeah. Like, I'll be having really good day, and then I'll walk by the mirror and, like, touch my stomach. Or yeah. I'll, like, and it's, like, if I didn't have people around that I could, like, text and be, like, oh, my God. Like, I just touched my stomach. It triggered me, you know. Yeah. Or, oh, my gosh, I started bleeding again. Like, I thought it was over. Like, um, it's it's been really good to have, like, a community and to know, like, you know, next time around. And we're thinking about trying pretty soon. I mean, mm-hmm. as early as we can. And um, I know some people say three months, but I think it's really, like, whatever your body, you know, you'll know yep. whenever it's time. So we're just kind of keeping um, it up in the air. But, like, it, uh, it's worrisome to think about, you know, are people going to be, like, I mean, themselves are um, – I had a friend use the phrase, you know, it's like if the dog runs off, you don't want to go and get a dog right away. Yeah. Like almost like yeah. replacing it, I think. Um, and so it's like definitely weird fighting those thoughts while you're still mourning and like all of that. Well, but you know, I've appreciated your transparency so thank much. Thank you so much. And and just to speak to that, uh, because I do feel you know, like Shane and I want to try again, like right yeah. away, right away. And I've been researching whether it's safe or not to. And the three month rule is just something doctors have been saying for so long. And then I was reading up on studies and the three months is more for your emotional well-being. But if you're ready, then there's no reason why um, your body can't do it immediately. So we're going to do it immediately. And I do want to replace it. I I do want to replace it. I do want another baby and I do want a successful pregnancy. Um, and didn't yeah. you read that you're actually more fertile afterwards? Yes, I did. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's, wow, yeah. That's actually, I, I think I've heard people say that. That's, um, that's really encouraging though, you know, and it goes to show that our bodies are made to want to bounce back from something like that. You 100%. know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So, 
Um, well, yeah. I, I truly hope that we are both on the successful pregnancy boat uh, the next time. And yeah. it would be so much fun to be share, continue this weird shared cycle. Yeah. I, I would love that. You're, you're my again. pregnancy and, and loss twin, I guess. But um, yes. I do appreciate going through this with you. And thank you so much for, for sharing yeah. with me, like from really early yeah. on. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. Oh, Thank you so much. You, you as well. Best I can't luck. wait to listen to the podcast. <laughs> so. Thanks so much for the call, Gracie. Isn't wow. that crazy? Oh, wow, yeah. She was good. Yeah. But it, like, honestly, when I was waiting, she was messaging me saying, I'm, I'm waiting too. I'm so nervous too. And then every single thing has happened within 24 hours of each other. Mm-hmm. I've never met this woman. I think she lives in the UK. Wow. Like, she didn't have an accent, but. No, but her, her phone number was UK, right? Okay. Yeah, it was definitely. Okay. Hello. Zoe, are you available right now? I know you're having uh, problems with your little one. No, I am. She's sleeping. Well, congrats to you. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully we'll stay that way. We'll see. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking our call tonight. So you reached out to me on Instagram. Um, We've hung out in Hamilton before. We're part of the same mom group. Uh, And you messaged me saying that you have experience with loss personally Mm -hmm. and not only that but you are a social worker um i'm a mental health counselor sort of chipping away at the process of becoming a registered psychotherapist okay okay amazing so what i mean there's a lot of places we can start can can you share um even just a little bit about what you experienced like with your loss yeah yeah for sure um, so I have a three-year-old and a six-month-old, uh, daughter, two, two girls. And, uh, before I was pregnant with my older daughter, I had two, uh, first trimester miscarriages. One just right after my husband and I first started trying to get pregnant shortly after we were married. And then another a year after that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That- did those two early miscarriages shape? Because I think a big topic of conversation tonight and like in general over the past couple of days has been um, like your previous losses impacting how you feel about your next pregnancies. Like is it like robbing you yeah. of excitement or do you, do you feel like you can still kind of get into it? Yeah, I feel that the experiences of the loss really had an impact on – my third pregnancy, which um, was my older daughter, Mm -hmm. I became pregnant for the third time pretty much immediately after my second miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Um, So very quickly, which you would think would be a happy thing. Obviously, we started trying right away. Um, And I was pretty surprised when I found out that I was pregnant again, I actually didn't feel immediately excited. I felt mostly really, really scared. Yeah. Um, it really struck me that I was not emotionally prepared to experience a third loss. And luckily I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of worry and, and anxiety um, in the early parts of that pregnancy and throughout the pregnancy. And definitely it made it hard to sort of settle into feeling happy like that was there for sure but um I think very different than if I had not had those miscarriages yeah well Shane even mentioned earlier tonight um during our podcast that it was like when when the miscarriage happened with us a couple days ago 
like you felt some kind like a sort of relief because the worst thing had happened and mm-hmm. you're we're already going through it yeah yeah right well because and it's a different scenario too because i do think a miscarriage feels different when you don't already have a child mm-hmm. yeah mm. yeah but since and the reason i had felt so um relieved in as odd as it sounds when alex had her miscarriage was because the entire pregnancy with lou was very extremely stressful so the entire time i was worried about something going wrong because every doctor visit Mm -hmm. there was a new problem yeah so uh when alex got pregnant again i just had this insane fear she was going to have a miscarriage right from the get and then when it happened i was like okay the worst thing possible had happened it was just like this we had like pulled through so yeah it was just like this subconscious thought or relief that is that makes no sense it's like Mm -hmm. that insane feeling but it's because Lou's pregnancy because I had thought prior to our daughter that it was just since we've all been born and there's billions of people on the planet I took pregnancy a little bit for granted and thought it was a lot easier to have a kid now and I think most people yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It seems like everyone I know has had, it's like 80%, it seems like, have had at least one miscarriage. Yeah. And I I did yeah. not know about that because it is such, like people will tell you they have cancer way easier than they've told yeah. you they, they're they yeah. uh, six weeks pregnant or suffered a miscarriage unless you kind of break that ice. So I'm learning a lot. And uh, yeah, it, it definitely was an odd experience because you had already had Lou yeah. too. You almost think there's miscarriage people, and then we there's immune. not miscarriage. I think people. we thought we were uh, immune to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I have I one. have the gene to have mm-hmm. miscarriages, so I'm gonna keep having mm-hmm. them, or I'm a person who doesn't have them. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's very weird thoughts that I was having. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how like once you have that experience, and all of a sudden you start connecting with other folks that have had the same. I know that my husband after our first loss I think he may have him or I posted something about it on Facebook and like a high school friend of his who he had been close with but hadn't spoken to in some time called him and reached out and said that you know him and his partner had been through the same thing and Mm -hmm. I think it meant a lot and really sort of helped to break up that isolation but not a story that he would have known about this person if if he hadn't put it out there himself first you know absolutely and you know that was probably cathartic for that person too to be able to reach Mm -hmm. out and share that experience Mm because like they could have been also keeping it under wraps Mm -hmm. Um, and not to make generalizations but i do think that sometimes men tend to do that a little bit less mm -hmm. um and I, I want to ask you over those experiences i want to ask you about that too like as a counselor do you how do you see men and women reacting differently to these things because a lot of people that I've spoken to have said oh I, I yeah I have a hard time with how my partner's taking it I can't tell if they're upset I know initially when mm. it happened I was alone on Wednesday night when it happened um oh, I'm sorry. and thank you um but I was I didn't I couldn't really get I know Shane would be upset because I know the kind of person he is but mm-hmm. I couldn't really feel that because we were only speaking through the phone. So it was so hard. Right. And then it wasn't until yeah. we finally saw each other the next day that we just kind of broke down together and finally mm-hmm. had that moment together. But how, do you see partners handling it differently? Like from people yeah, you spoke to? I mean, yeah. 
I think in my work experience, like I've only worked directly with women who have experienced the losses themselves. Like I haven't done couples work or worked with um, partners, but I've heard, I've heard sort of secondhand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, people generally handle painful experiences in really different ways and everybody's responses and grieving process is going to be different. And I think that... Like in some cases, partners might find that there's a lot of overlap in their experience of a pregnancy loss and miscarriage and that they're feeling a lot of the same things and there's points of connection there. And then sometimes they might find that their experience is super different and that can definitely put strain on relationships. I think that for the person who is pregnant, in some cases, there's like people say, and this was, I feel like are my experience and my husband and my experience. Like when you're pregnant yourself from the first moment that you find out, like everything feels different, right? It's happening in your body and you're already making lifestyle changes Mm -hmm. to accommodate, uh, the, you know, baby that's growing and you might feel sick and everything feels different. Uh, and the not pregnant partner isn't having that same physical experience. Um, and so I think sometimes the partner who wasn't pregnant says that it feels a little bit more abstract, Mm -hmm. um, in addition to like not going through the physical experience of the loss. Uh, so that I think can be a difference that's hard uh, sometimes on top of like for some men there's the added layer of different social expectations around like how they might experience emotion or be able to like reach out for support it can be challenging might be struggling with like not knowing how to best support their partner who's in physical pain and um you know, emotional suffering and that can be challenging. So I think it can provide an opportunity, like it can be an opportunity for there to be a lot of closeness in a relationship. And then like sometimes it can be challenging too. Um, But I know my husband felt a lot of grief as well. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, it was important for him to express that as much as it was important for me. And he uh, definitely needed to like have some good cries Uh, and, you know, we share those feelings together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, for Alex and I, it, I felt like since I'm such an anxious person all the time and Alex is mm. such a positive person, uh, that I feel like she was a little disappointed with how calm I was when I heard the news because I'm the type who's always preparing for the worst and Alex is mm-hmm. the type who's always hoping for the best. So when mm. something bad happens to Alex, mm. it hits her a little bit more unexpectedly and a little bit harder. Yeah. So when I was talking to Alex, I think she had the impression almost like I didn't even care until right. until we saw each other and then the emotions reached like yeah. a fever pitch and you, you can't help but, but cry. But I felt like it was very tense between us until I met her at the ER. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah. yeah, no, it's hard. And I think going through those things separately anyway, like I, obviously I know how hard it was for me. And I talk about that earlier in the podcast, but then even for Shane and I think using the way you use the word abstract, I think is such a good way to put it. Cause not only is he not the one, uh, physically experiencing it, but at that moment when it happened, like Shane, like you were in a different city 
right? Mm-hmm. And you had all this stuff going on. So it's like you have this crazy thing that you know is happening, yet you're not there. And I can only imagine that that would be a surreal, abstract kind of thought. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, for me, mm-hmm. looking as an outsider, like on how well, maybe I didn't. It been. I, to be honest, I didn't know it was happening because you well, had. I, uh, I thought it was just. The, there have been times where we've rushed to the ER thinking yeah. something was going on with Lou, and it's been fine. So I find you're hyper reactive. Yeah. So sometimes I think, oh, it might not be happening. Maybe it yeah. is. But when you said you were spotting, and you yourself weren't even yeah. that overreacting, I thought, okay, for Alex, that's fairly calm. So it's yeah. probably is going to not be a miscarriage yeah and then mm-hmm. when you called me at 5 a.m yeah. it seemed like it definitely was a miscarriage you know yeah but uh, yeah and i think too like i mean this is early for you guys still in terms of like it just just happened and like, maybe you know from other experiences of loss in your life that like sometimes the grieving process is kind of like comes and goes in waves mm-hmm. and like you know, I remember we had a trip to New York planned like the week after my first miscarriage. And I thought like, okay, I'm feeling physically okay. Like, I think we can do this. And then, you know, it sort of hit me in really unexpected ways while we were there and, and ongoing afterwards. And then again, like you brought up when we first started chatting, once I did become pregnant again, there was those that concern. So, you know, I think for everybody, it can sort of not a straight line of, oh, I feel really bad, and then I start to feel incrementally better, and it kind of improves over time. It's a lot of up and down, and yeah, no, that can be surprising the moments that it hits you, you know? That's so important to say, too, because people grieve so differently as well, and you don't know how you are going to react to something like that. And it, I just think it's so important to know, like anybody listening, that it is okay to feel however you're going to feel about it forever. Mm-hmm. Like our very first call was with a woman who miscarried eight years ago after hearing the heartbeat. And she said mm-hmm. that still causes her so much pain. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's fine. Like even, you know, like I, I was feeling kind of upset about it after having a great day today and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm feeling better. Like this is good. And then I started feeling really crappy again. And I, mm-hmm. I just think it's important to know that that's things like that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and just that we're going to have the feelings that we're going to have and to try as much as possible not to judge those feelings or to be aware when we're sort of telling ourselves a story about, like, I shouldn't be feeling this thing or I should have moved on by now or, you know, I'm mm-hmm. weak if I feel this way or all of the stories that we tell ourselves about our feelings to try <laughs> to make them go away instead of just feeling them. Yep. Well, it's Yeah. Well, Zoe, thank you so, so much for taking mm-hmm. our call tonight, for sharing. Uh, that was really helpful, and we definitely appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for chatting. And again, I'm really I'm really sorry for your loss, both oh, of you. Thank you so, much. so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great evening, okay. Zoe. All right. Bye, you Zoe. You too. Bye. So uh, we have two voice notes. Okay. Let's hit it. Hi, Alex and Shane. My question for you is this. What can you tell me about conceiving while breastfeeding? Mainly, is there a way to track ovulation without a period. I'm currently breastfeeding my 11 month old and I haven't gotten my period back. I know, according to some articles I've read, that you technically can conceive without a period. So you must be able to ovulate a little bit before your period returns. But I'm not sure if the ovulation sticks work um, and I can't figure out how I can even track my ovulation. So if you know anything about that or can shed some light on that, that would be fantastic. Love your guys' show. Uh-huh. 
That is so sweet. All right, I got this one, Alex. <laughs> so here, here's the thing with ovulation. You got to get the app, ovo. Dot, no, I, I don't know anything. All I right, can't even I, joke properly. I will uh, start out by saying... Check out an expert. I like talking to Elephant in the Womb, who is on this podcast as well. Uh, so her Instagram handle is at the Elephant in the Womb. Uh, she is a menstruation expert, uh, knows a lot about ovulation, um, and has been very helpful for that. We conceived uh, our last pregnancy because she told me what to look for because I had never tracked my ovulation at that point. However, your problem is a little bit different than ours because I got my period back at seven and a half months, even though I'm still breastfeeding. Um, so I was getting my period, although it was incredibly irregular. So I started looking for basically changes in mucus. Shane, do you remember this conversation with the menstruation expert? Oh, do you know how horny I was during that conversation? <laughs> you don't forget one like that. Um, do you remember what to look for? You said it, mucus. Yeah, but what it's supposed to look like sticky she said egg whites yeah yeah egg whites so that was the only thing i had to go by because my cycle was changing from like 25 days to 35 days to 40 days to 28 days so i was just looking for changes in the discharge really and then i noticed it and then we conceived lucy that night um so it it worked out it wasn't lucy sorry not lucy we conceived our October baby that night mm-hmm. um, and, and it, so it worked. The ovulation strips uh, do work. I have friends that have used them that swear by them. Um, somebody recently was talking about OneFlow. Uh, she got them from Amazon and you can buy them in bulk. I think it's like 20 bucks for like 70 ovulation strips and 20 pregnancy tests. It's I think it's pretty good. But um, Breastfeeding can absolutely make it a lot harder to conceive because it's so much harder to track your ovulation. And I think there's other reasons as well, actually, that make it difficult to conceive. I would continue to look into that. I talked to your doctor. Um, but yeah, look for experts in the field. It is possible. Uh, look for mucus changes. That's that's the only thing I can speak on. Mucus. What about you, Shane? I think you said it best. <laughs> mucus, the, the secret lies in the mucus. Uh, my favorite Ninja Turtle movie, this is a little bit of a non sequitur, was Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. There you go. Coincidence? I think not. There you go. Thank you so much for your question, anonymous question lever. All right. So we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, that one's the anonymous one. Everyone's like, damn right, I had a miscarriage. Fuck you. Here's my name and so, like social insurance number. Well, uh, <laughs> they have just not told friends and family that they are trying to conceive. Oh, them. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's <laughs> ironic. And everyone has the right to be anonymous or not. It's just ironic in this episode. No, of course. Um, so our final voice note uh, mm-hmm. is from our menstruation expert. Uh, the elephant in the womb, Victoria. Oh, I love her. So uh, she said, hey, Alexandra and Shane, attached is a bit on how miscarriage affects the cycle and trying again. I tried to keep it short and sweet. Hope this helps. So we just listen to this. We one. just listen. So I asked Victoria um, if she was able to take call tonight. She wasn't. Uh, so she sent us a voice note, which we are so grateful for. Haven't heard it yet. Um, but I wanted to know about conceiving because Shane and I want to conceive straight away as we've mentioned um and i just much like the last question i don't know how ovulation works now and shane even asked this uh 
to the doctor when we were in the hospital right after they told me the results of everything, Shane asked about conceiving again and when that can happen. The doctor wasn't able to give us a definitive answer, which was uh, very frustrating. Um, So we asked Victoria and here is what she said, what it has to do with your ovulation. Hello, Alex and Shane and this Family Tree podcast listeners. Uh, It is Victoria, the elephant in the womb. Thank you guys for having me on again to chat a little bit. And Alex and Shane asked me just to chat a little bit about how your menstrual cycle reacts to a miscarriage and kind of moving forward with that and when you should start trying, how it might affect things and what to expect. Because a lot of the times we aren't told this by our care providers. So let's just get right into that. So for most people, ovulation will actually return within a couple of weeks of having a miscarriage. Now, this is if you're in the first trimester when you miscarry, it is a little bit different for later on miscarriages. It can take a little bit longer for ovulation to return. And that's just because of the influx that our hormones are going through and the changes they need to level back out to to resume the the menstrual cycle, but typically it's about two weeks after a miscarriage that ovulation begins again. So it can be kind of tricky to figure out, okay, I go from being pregnant to not being pregnant and where's my cycle at now? And it might be a little bit irregular. So the best thing that you can do is just start tracking right away again. So count cycle day one now starts from the first day of bleeding from your miscarriage. And looking at that as day one and tracking along that way. And again, um, I, I have a little post on their Instagram talking about how to tell when you're ovulating and you want to look for those signs again, that like egg whitey consistency discharge, a little bit of a spike in body temperature and kind of tracking along after the miscarriage began. And usually ovulation, like I said, will happen around day 14 if you have a typical month-long cycle. That being said, cycle lengths can change after a miscarriage again because the hormones are changing. But typically, ovulation will happen two weeks after. Now, most physicians would recommend that you wait at least a month after having a miscarriage to try and conceive again. And that's not for any safety purposes. It's more so so that you do get an idea of when your cycle is and can more accurately be trying. And don't freak out if you find that your period doesn't come back right away. For some people, it does take a couple of months for it to return but there's no harm in trying. The American College of OBGYNs doesn't recommend waiting. And they did a really interesting study that showed that people that do conceive after a miscarriage within six months of it have a reduced risk for another miscarriage. Uh, There's lower risk of preterm births and a greater chance of having a live birth. Um, It also helps with things like low birth weights and preeclampsia and reducing the risk of that. So there is benefit in kind of getting back on the horse and trying again, if that's right for you and your fertility journey. I know everyone's healing process is differently. Um, Shane and Alex, it sounds like you guys are kind of wanting to try again and keep going at this. So within two weeks of the miscarriage, typically ovulation does return. And so if you are feeling like you're at a place where at that time you want to go right away and try again. There's no harm in doing that. If you don't ovulate, 
you try again next month. Um, but there's no safety standard that you need to wait for unless there was some type of complication with the miscarriage, whether it would be hemorrhaging or anything else that might have accompanied it. If this is for someone else listening that is curious, um, if you've had any complications with your miscarriage, just check in with your doctor and say, hey, it's really important to me that I know when I can start trying again due to these complications. I'm a little bit concerned and kind of go from there. But for the average person who might experience miscarriage, that is the best way to look at moving forward. Wow. Elephant in the womb. A lot of info in a very short period of time. She kills it. And she doesn't do it in a way where it just seems like she's reading off something. Like she's still engaging. It's so, she's so good. But how'd she remember all that info? And there was no wasted words. Was she reading? Definitely reading, but she's, I, I feel like she has it in her brain. She's just so natural. Like she's so good. And this is why I approached her, um, with our question in the first place, because I, I just feel so comfortable talking mm-hmm. to her and she just she loves what she does and you can tell. Uh, so I really have a lot of trust in her. And it's funny that she brought up that study because I read that study last night uh, when I was going to bed. I was kind of looking through my phone and I was reading that study and thought that that was fascinating. Uh, but I was I was too nervous to put too much thought into it because I was like, I know it's very legitimate and the science is good, but I it just seemed too good to be true, but I'm mm-hmm. glad she brought that up. Um, and that's so interesting. So she's saying you're less likely to have a miscarriage the sooner you do it. Yes. Wow. Whereas, cause my doctor, my family doctor, and I told you this this morning, mm-hmm. told us to wait, uh, one to two cycles. And then another mm-hmm. caller this tonight said that she was told to wait by her physician for three months. So they're handing out these arbitrary numbers, um, when the science doesn't really go along with it. Mm-hmm. So, love. We but can... your family doctor is not an obstetrician, right? No, and no family like. I, did I use that terminology right? Yeah. It's so that humor, you know and love. <laughs> <laughs> There's that laughter I know and love. Uh, I'm sure. I hate to feel like I'm bombing on the podcast. Yeah, oh, you're killing it. Um, just like Victoria, thank you so much for that awesome information. Anybody else, if you have questions for Victoria, go check mm-hmm. out the elephant in the womb. Uh, I will link her up in my stories um and again thank you so much so love we are at the time in the podcast where uh headphones off period. headphones off get yeah. a little more relaxed uh you fed lucy breakfast this morning while i was sleeping um you're damn right i did anytime you feed lucy dinner or breakfast or lunch uh you just don't ever clean up the high chair you just never mm-hmm. clean up the high chair. Uh, and today there was big globs of porridge on the high chair. And I just would typically. Wait, the miscarriage episode, I have to prepare for uh, being <laughs> chastised for not cleaning? No. Okay. I just wanted to start off light. This is light? I'm furious right now. <laughs> That's the last thing I want to be called out on. Okay, hit me. I'm just curious. No, no. Okay. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Uh, why well, you always leave the high chair? Because you do everything well, else, but you always just leave the high chair. Well, first of all, I'm not talking to Mrs. Clean right now. No, no, I'm not at all. I'm not at no, all. That that high chair, like you feed Lucy way more than I do. I was just following protocol. I thought, hey, Shane, don't bother cleaning the high chair. I just leave it like an absolute I effing clean it, pigsty. I clean it after every single meal. The high chair, every time... <laughs> Here's the thing, too. 
ironically, every time I go down to Feedaloo, the high chair is just a mess. I usually give it a clean before I go to feed her. I clean it after every meal. You certainly didn't do it the last couple of times because I have to uh, get a cloth and wipe it down fully to get her in there sometimes. Well, then it's got to be just snacking that's on there because every meal I like really clean it off. Okay. Well, not every meal. Maybe you think you do because you remember the times you do. So, okay. So, anyway, to get to the bottom of this, you think By the way, I just want the listeners to know, uh, about a month ago, her closet uh, where she hangs her clothes (laughs) broke. So, it all went on the ground and we got a contractor, like a real man, to come in and fix it. That was a month ago. Where is all of Alex's clothes, you're probably wondering? On the ground still. Actually, love... Tell me you hung it up. When you were in the shower this morning, you haven't noticed? I've been waiting for you to say something. That's a lie. It's not a lie. You can go upstairs right now. You swear to me? I swear to you. You just did it today? I did it this morning when because you were in the shower. Because you knew you were going to ask some cleaning questions. No, I didn't. Anyway, you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting some big reward or award for having done that. You are a mess. But you are Any, surprised. I'm shocked. Pleasantly shocked? No, this is like... <laughs> I'm disappointed and shocked at the same time. Well, then let's get off the topic of cleanliness at the risk of boring our listeners. Okay. No, sorry. That just caught me off guard. And (laughs) and I will do that. I just thought we both had like an unspoken thing where it's like we just leave the high chair messy. (laughs) And it's like you clean it up when you feed her beforehand and just leave it messy afterwards, I thought. No, but... Is the high chair clean right now? Yeah. If I go to check? Uh, I'm just going to go check. Who fed her dinner? No, it's not. I didn't do it. Uh, my question is, okay, you know how I'm always talking that I have super sperm? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible that my sperm is so powerful that it somehow damaged or destroyed your egg? <laughs> I think that you would love uh, for me to reaffirm the fact that you believe that. This is a real concern. You think I want my sperm to do that? <laughs> do you think that that's a possibility? I should have asked one of the experts. I but uh, I, I wanted to ask actually elephant uh, to ask elephant in the womb. Mm-hmm. But one, I feel like it might be an inappropriate question. Yeah, no, I think I think that you're fine, and I think that uh, I do think that you have super sperm, but I don't think that uh, it could damage the egg. And I am getting my sperm tested uh, this month, by the way, just because I'm very curious about the count. You're, you're not only doing it, you're having competition with your friends, aren't you? No, it's it's not a competition. But you're doing it with friends. And- no, no, I'm not. My friend thinks he has a low sperm count and he wants to get tested. And I'm just curious about mine. And uh, we're, we're going to see. It's not like whoever has a higher sperm count is better. Well, updates to come on that. But yes. yeah, I don't think pun intended. Oh God, God, Shane. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, yeah, hit me. Okay. All right. Well, you kind of already answered. I have three questions just in case one got answered. Uh, the one was, what was going through your head when I first called you on Wednesday night, saying that I was spotting, and I didn't think it was a miscarriage, but that I was scared regardless. I thought maybe there's like a 30% chance that something was wrong, mm-hmm. like very wrong. And then I, because uh, often when I'm, uh, if I'm out in uh, Toronto and you're being left home, like you have a huge fear of being left home alone. Mm-hmm. Like 
often i imagine you just crying in your bed i'm i'm not but you're not you're yeah. shakier on those nights so i think yeah you get no a, I, I hate it i hate it but like, i feel like I get by i feel like you'd uh be more likely to send me a message of like right. fear because you'd be more uh, hypersensitive to everything going on with your body mm-hmm. on nights that i'm not home so i thought I, I chalked it up a little bit to that and then uh when you called me at 5 a.m well because i called you at 2 30 a.m yeah and then you called me back uh, a couple hours later that I, I was pretty sure something was definitely wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, I couldn't breathe. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it seemed like it. So what was going through my head was, okay, how do we move on from here in a calm way? Because I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like it is the worst thing in the world. Because I don't want to live on, under that cloud. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I find uh, if if you're if you're too down, it can put so much weight on it that it's it's yeah. you're it's almost drowning you. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna just stay above, keep my head above water for my own sanity and yours. And I think, you know, you and I both have our health. We have mm-hmm. a lot. We have Lucy, and I, I think that does make it easier, in a sense. In a way, it made me appreciate life more. And I feel like I'm happier now afterwards just because I'm so much more grateful for you yeah. and Lucy and my health and yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. And um, you kind of touched on it earlier when you said, I'm sorry, the thought just went out of my head. I'm sorry, for the past two days. Is it days, about the powerful sperm? No. Okay. <laughs> but for the past two days, I have been, my mind has been going. Like, I made you a coffee with no coffee cup today. Yeah, you forgot to put the coffee cup under, and the coffee just went all over the counter. Then you I locked, locked myself out of the car again. So the night of the miscarriage, and then again yesterday. Mm-hmm. So the CAA had to come yeah. because... we're. So, just, I'm just thankful Lou wasn't in the car when you locked... Oh, God, babe. He's in, yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, I do, I do feel... I feel so grateful... For everything like more so than before in a way um just knowing that it's not so easy to do like mm-hmm. make kids and everything and it is truly a, a special thing to be able to do and to have happened to you yeah and uh, yeah i think it i think it really helps to put things into perspective obviously i would have rather had things be put into perspective from a different event not such a tragic event or a loss Mm -hmm. uh but yeah no it did if we are looking bright sides it helps with that so is this the end yep uh so shane thank you for the laughs not in this podcast i kind of kept it zipped not really i had laughs here oh you're welcome Uh, but everybody, thank you uh, for tuning in. Thank you for tuning sharing. in. I'm gonna kill you. What? I'm trying to do the exit here. Sorry, I'll, I'll cut that out. Continue. <laughs> Go. Thank you. I- you. Ju- it did sound like you said tooting though. That's not what I Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and sharing your stories tonight. We really appreciate it. All right, everyone, have a wonderful night. Thank you for tuning in. And if you're in Canada, have a great Thanksgiving. 
What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. Why are you it's looking just, at me like that's well, crazy? Well, because that I started saying something that I messed up and stopped halfway. But what we're trying to say is, everyone have a lovely... Uh, it's not even goodbye, a Saturday night. Goodbyes are awkward. Goodbyes and, are so uh, awkward. Thank you so much for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast. Episode 11. Baby Losing Bed.